0: Welcome to Pebble in the Pond, a podcast that hopes to create a ripple of change for mental health. My name is Sam Stewart and I'm the CEO of the Australian and New Zealand Mental Health Association. Each year I have the pleasure of attending events to meet and connect with the most fascinating and accomplished people in mental health. Listen in as I go one-on-one with the people changing the face of mental health in Australia and New Zealand, from lived experience speakers through to researchers, academics and influential industry leaders. Our Pebble in the Pond podcast episodes may contain themes or topics of discussion that may be triggering to some listeners. If you feel you need assistance with your mental health at any time, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or visit the Get Help page for additional resources at anzmh.asn.au. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of our podcast. Hope everybody out there is staying safe uh, and healthy uh, during this time of crisis, and thanks again for tuning in. Uh, Today, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you a recording I did recently with a gentleman by the name of Yasser El Shal. In times of great crisis, the need for a strong and supportive community is essential, and few know this as well as Yasser. Born in Cairo, Egypt, and immigrated to New Zealand 22 years ago, Yasser is the service manager for the Muslim Wellbeing Service. Akahu Kahu Tukaha, a not-for-profit provider for housing and mental health services. With a desire to give back to the community, Yasser has volunteered for many organisations in New Zealand, including uh, Victim Support, where he worked for 10 years as a support worker, supporting victims of suicide, homicide, family domestic violence, and sexual violence. As a caregiver for high-risk and complex needs uh, kids in care, Yasser received the Excellence in Foster Care Award in 2017. In 2019, Yasser received the Pegasus Health Champion Award in acknowledgement for his outstanding work in supporting the victims of the mosque shooting in Christchurch. I had the pleasure of speaking with Yasser at the 2020 New Zealand Mental Health Conference a few weeks ago in Christchurch, where he discussed the importance of unity, strength and resilience in times of trauma and recovery. Tune in and take a listen. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of our podcast. It gives me great pleasure today to be able to have a conversation with Yasser El Shal. Yasser, thanks very much for coming and joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No, that's okay. Yasser, tell me about um, tell me about where you're from. Um,
1: I'm originally from Egypt, uh, born and raised in Cairo. Um, migrated here about 22 years ago.
0: In- into to Auckland, right?
1: Uh, to Napier first, Oxo Bay and then to North and then um, Auckland, wow. 10 years
0: now in Auckland. Wow. Yeah. So so how old were you when you left Egypt? Um, I was 20, uh, sorry, 32. Wow. Yeah, 32,
1: 33.
0: And what was it like to come uh, go from Egypt to, to New Zealand? Such a beautiful um, country here, I haven't been to Egypt. Yeah, uh, Egypt too is
1: a beautiful country, but... Um, it just um the certain things you you saw here you realize you don't have, okay. which is the uh, um the base the uh, how peaceful and how um important um the relationship with people the people of new Zealand is really really nice people.
0: Very so, lovely. It's so real, isn't it? Yes. And, and being in New Zealand has been such a great experience, but the people are just so nice, welcoming, and yes. uh, it's such a pleasure. So I can understand why you fell in love with the people.
1: Yeah. Well, we have nice people too there, but the environment is not allowing them to be, um, to be themselves. Yes. So the people here is it's more um, the environment ar- around them allow them to, to be who they are and who they want it to be
0: yes yeah oh that's exciting and and tell me about your role currently
1: uh I'm the service manager for the muslim wellbeing service uh at Tu Kaha. Kaha is a Nati Fatwa organization and um yeah this um is, is a very diversity organization and we saw blessed this um natifatwa allowed us to have this diversity in in this organization because this was one of the the success we had when we came here to after fifteenth of March.
0: Yeah, so obviously we we definitely want to talk about that uh, unfortunate experience. Mm. Uh, but as far as the organization goes, obviously diversity and equality is really um, paramount. Some of the values that, that upholds in that in that organization. Tell us about the organisation and the work that it does.
1: Yeah, um, our organization Kahui to Kaha. Kahui to Kaha is the um, the name we have been gifted by Nati Fatwa. So we can't call it Kahui or Kaha by itself. It is Kahui to Kaha. Um, which is the self determination of the people That's to have their own decision and they have the right and we have our value of the Manaki Tanga and Rangatira Tanga and all these values of um uh giving the um people the power to be um have the self determination to decide their destination and do we there to work with them for what they need, not us decided for them what they need.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and so our work is a social service and mental health service, and um, social housing too. And we have the um, different um, teams. So we have the uh, social housing team because we are social housing provider, and we have the mental health team, which it has uh, Maori mental health, the Pacifica mental health, and the um, Asian mental health and we also have the rainbow um so uh, we have the rainbow team um we have psychologist and counselor they work uh, with different services um like support stream um service so the services provided for all people it's yes. not so we work with social housing work with homeless mm-hmm. so we have um uh, um, we are part of the, um, the uh, what they call it, um, uh, Housing First. Housing First is a collective agreement has been, um, came together from the government for five organizations. And Kahi Kaha is one of these organizations to end the homelessness in Auckland. Um, so they call it housing first, means that um, we house the homeless and then we wrap the service, the social service around them. But they need a safe place first yeah. because they never connect to the community. That's yeah. why they're out of work and then come because they don't have a house. And homelessness uh, is not about just people in the street, it's about people uh, living in cars. And people living under the bridge, uh, people um, living in a house is overcrowded. Yeah. So homelessness, it has um, many different different levels. Many levels of, um, um, and we have a criteria this, um, it has to be, um, they have the only criteria we have this, they have to be a year homeless so they can be accepted in the program. Uh, we now, we have a, a contract with the um, correction uh, too, um, and we work with, uh, um, with the people, um, the prisoner, before they come out of the prison. Mm. So we work with them, we provide them with housing, and we rep- assist the service around them. So we connect them to um, their own family, um, because Fano is the most important thing, so we work with Fano um, because you see it's isolation. Homeless is the same. Yeah. It's all about these people has been isolated for years. Then they lost their fakababa, which is um, where they coming from. And we're trying. We know the family and the Fano uh, connection is one of the most important things to to bring people together. Finding work, finding um, license. Um, uh, finding a home, learning a new skills in their life. So we were working with all these people as homeless and people out of the prison. And uh, yeah, so we have a new contract in Hungary too. Um, so yes, so, uh, mental health provider and social housing provider.
0: And is this something that is, I mean, coming from Egypt, is this something that you thought you would be in uh, when you arrived here, 22 no, years
1: ago? No, I'm originally accountant
0: so yeah. i uh, yeah
1: i'm originally I have business degree and i have um um postgraduate in business administration and um so all my life I have been working on uh, numbers, but when I came here i I saw the needs of the people because I could see um that's why I volunteered for victim support and uh, I volunteered for every um this it was my way, giving back uh when I came because I realized this um I have lots of things I can give, yeah. not just the numbers um but also um you discover yourself really later on you, you had the opportunity, you had a good life, you had a good um income, you have been in in ministry for years, and eighteen years, I was working in the ministry in niger and um, all all these things um, just when you come here and you see the people uh, just living a very uh, beautiful life mm. we have a little bit of structure in Egypt you know you have to go to wear the dress um, suit and the tie and yeah. all this people here that's one of the shock i got this you come and the, you actually you can wear short and go out. You can wear jandal and go out. It was quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cultural differences. Yes, yes. And and just the freedom of you can do something and nobody will comment about it. And the respect you give to all um of kind of job. So um uh, like as a blummer, if you're talking about blummer um working as a blummer in Egypt. Um, this is the worst uh, job you can have. So uh, you don't ever. So I found the respect here for everyone. Yeah. No Despite matter. what they do,
0: they get really good respect. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yes. And, and so, I mean, you're a, and, and I've seen you present a few times, um, mm. one online and a couple in, one or two in person. You are uh, a person who is real yourself, you, and by that I mean you, uh, you're very caring uh, and you always speak from the heart. And that's something that I admired about you and, and really uh, thinks it's such a strength and more people should be you know, like yourself.
1: I think we have, um, we have been gifted with different things as human beings. And I think we don't expect everyone to be the same, but we can appreciate the gifts we have been given. And this gift, I didn't know about it until I came here to New Zealand, yeah. to be quite honest. And I realized this the connection um, I have with people. And I really, my heart, I, I just love the people of New Zealand. I love um, being for them. Um, it's something I never felt in my life. Yeah. and um that 's why eleven years now i 'm victim support volunteer until today um we've done all the homicide, the suicide, the family violence. we attended deeply um lots of um, cases one of the hardest case of homicide I ever seen in my life so uh, we've been with people in the lowest point they reach when the loved one took their life and um yeah, it has um, just to allow me to be with them at this time. That's what's created the Aroha I have for the people because if they can accept you in this time, um, they're just resilient people. Yeah. And people of New Zealand, they are resilient.
0: 100% agree. And I mean, what's really interesting, uh, I mean, you're you're a family man. Uh, from what i understand you yes. have uh you have is it four? i have four four children yeah two girls and
1: two boys and the two boys i mean you're not boys the quite young men now the youngest is 26 wow. and both of them the um social worker one is the health profession and the other one he's in oranga tamariki social worker um for a child care so care and the protection. So uh, um the two girls, um one she's accountant and the other one um she's a food technologist and she's um she's working for Fontira, um tip top ice cream so wow. she she's the innovation manager so she does all the new uh product for the ice cream.
0: Oh wow geez <laughs> that's a good job yeah
1: that's why I'm this size. <laughs> because I gotta try. You gotta try. <laughs> uh, we have to approve it first. <laughs> that's it.
0: That's it. Part of the perks. Yes, yes. Uh, so so something I mean, you've always been compassionate, you've always had your own fano um yes. uh, that you've held dearly close to you and something that um that is really important to you. The the connection uh, and the relationships, not just with your family, but with the people that, the cases—I uh, don't want to yeah. say, call them cases—but the, the people the that people. you're engaging with in the yeah. community. T- tell me how important is that? Um, we
1: we not created to be by ourselves. We created um, to be with others. We can't live by ourselves. That's my belief, and we we like a chain connected to each other somehow and this connection it happened um without us understanding it it just it is a connection when we because we all human being and this we don't know it until um a trauma happened yeah so sometimes the life take us away and we We're busy with our work, we're busy with um, our relationships, we're looking after kids, uh, financial um, mortgages, and all of the things that take us away from us being a human being. We we only go back to being ourselves as a human when we have a disaster, when the trauma happens. You actually start to think about yourself and your needs, and you realize this, you're not a superhuman. You were far away from the truth. The truth is it's you human being, and you need to acknowledge this. And you can't keep going in life, uh, and the life will always be good. Yeah. The life always will be uh, up and down. But in New Zealand, um, we always think this... Um, Things gonna go. We will always have our work. We'll always have our home. We'll always. We'll never gonna, um, you know, not be able to have this, or to have not have this. So it's always in our mind this we're in control of everything about uh, our destination. But that's why um, when we lose the job when we lose the partner, when we lose the wife, when we lose a child, you get this trauma and the mental health because we not, we didn't used to it. We used to the, um, especially with the young people, the young people, um, um, they haven't experienced um, too much resilience to to actually when things happened or girlfriend leaves them and They go on suicide because a girlfriend left them. Um, Because the strength what they have hasn't been built in. And I could see the things um, happening because of the lifestyle. The lifestyle um, you didn't experience when the last time New Zealand experienced war. You know, when when the last time New Zealand experienced um, disasters, um, it just started to happen when we had the... Uh, Nebiar an earthquake and that was ages ago, and then we have, um, you know, Krasnoshch um, earthquake, and that's when we realize that things can go wrong. Yeah. But in general, w- we don't believe that things can go wrong. Um, that's why I loved the work as a volunteer for victim support because I saw it. W- I saw the reality of life. I learned from victim support lots of things, even. Um, physically I saw it I saw uh, a wife crying uh, because she said he was just sleeping, he, he just slept and he, he died We just he was next to me and he had nothing, he had uh, no um, physical illness, he has nothing he just was sleeping next to him and all what she remember and what she is talking about, I wish I knew just he going to die. I will do everything. And the blame and the guilt around this, because we never think that these things could happen. And then we start to fall apart. And that's what I love about mental health. And that's what I love about volunteering for years for victim support. Because the stories of the people, that's what shaped me. That's what it's built this Aroha. Because I could feel the pain of People, when they describe it and the guilt they feel because of the beautiful heart they have, but sometimes because of life, they forget this beautiful heart. And when tragedy comes and they walk in and they see their son hanging in front of them, um, you know, they, they can't handle it because it's not about the trauma, it's about the guilt. Why did he do this? And this. Incredible thing, like people always question around suicide. You know, why people suicide? I wish I was next to my friend. My friend killed himself. Uh, He was with me, we were just drinking yesterday, and in the morning we heard this, he killed himself. He was happy, he was this. I wish I didn't leave. And you start this process of guilt and blame and... um, and the whole thing, you look at it and you say, wow. Now, I started to look at life differently. I started to experience people experiencing the trauma. I started to appreciate the life. I started to appreciate my kids. This I don't want to upset them because I might lose them today. And it's not spoiling them, but just I wanted them to be in the right place, mentally and psychologically. And I always talk with them about if anything happened to you, you now, uh, you can stand by yourself. I'm always preparing themselves. So the journey itself has built me, had made me better for myself and for my family and for all people because um, we're teaching now through our work um, all the things to people. that it's okay that things goes wrong we very resilient and we have power or self-determination to continue and we're gonna recover. It's gonna take time. And this is the journey I love about working with people. I can see people when I met them the first day after suicide or the first day after homicide. And um I met them three, four years and how they came all this far, because they, they, res- they are resilient. They are, the trauma stays there, doesn't go. I, I don't believe ever that the trauma is gone. Okay. Um, but um, that's why when we have another trauma, just trigger the old one, and then you end up in a little bit mess, because we think that we healed. I don't think we ever healed from the trauma. But we learned to manage it better we learn um we have been gifted as a brain of um that we can forget things and with the time we start to forget and it gets less but if any trauma happened again and that's basically this what happened when we have double traumas and that's going to bring us to the big subject when we talk about christ church and when we talk about the earthquake and uh what happened in them um but the uh, the journey of the people is just a beautiful journey even if it's full of sadness that yeah. shapes every one of us make us better and,
0: and talk about resilience i mean it is uh i mean it's a word commonly used with the people of new with the people of New Zealand, but rightly so. Mm. Uh, I mean, what they've experienced, obviously through the earthquakes, but also the massacre just over yeah. a year ago today. Um, t- tell me about the role, uh, the role leading up to that, and, and what you and your team uh, were engaged to do.
1: Um, I can go back to um, how we working at. Um, our organization as Kahwe to Kaha. Because we diversity, we have different um, culture, different people, different um, ethnicities. So um, I was working in the housing um, first program to work with the homeless and work with them around housing them and support them for their recovery, basically, to uh, um, to be uh, what they wanted to be. And we bought a gold plan and everything. So I remember on Friday 15th um, that um, our CEO, Barbara Brown, um, we finished the Friday prayer and they allowed us to go and pray and we work extra hour that they allow us to go and pray on Friday as a Muslim team. Yes. Um, so, that's a huge thing for us. This, you know, um, the support you get this, you feel respected. Yeah. And I remember we came, all of us together, um, after Friday prayer on 15th of March. And she was standing um, in front of the door. And, um, she looked like somebody really something really bad happened. Mm. We didn't know. We just arrived to the office, and she has told us to go home, so I was in a shock um she was very serious. she said, "You're not safe? You need to go and look after your family um, We heard. In the way this it was a shooting but we thought this you know somebody just uh, shot somebody in the street like what happened in England or by the time we got home um we discovered the disaster having. Um at night um we received a call from here asking us if we want to go um and help um the people of, the victims of Christchurch. We all put our hand up, and I remember she booked all the tickets for us. Um, Everything was organized. Victim support, too, contacted me, and they said, we need you there. I said, I will be there anyway. And um, so, um, yeah, we went next day to Christchurch
0: team of about ten nine nine okay
1: nine of us A-
0: and you flew from Auckland down to Christchurch to Christchurch and uh, this is the day after that's the day after yeah, yeah. Uh, and tell me from 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 your experience uh with this tragic and horrific event what what was it like from from your point of view um the hardest thing you've ever done um
1: oh, are you asking me on the day
0: we arrived or after nine months tell me about the differences because cuz i've never obviously done yeah. that but it would be yeah. really interesting to yeah
1: um it's definitely um when we arrived there we didn't know what's happening um it was everything um you know police cars everywhere everything is locked um yeah. people running all over the place this was in the second day and it was a small hub they created for people to be there and um we couldn't get any close to the mosque um so we made the decision as a um, team, not as a Muslim um, team. We made the decision that we need to stick with our values and um, our uh, organization values. And that's what's going to get us through, mm. which is the Manakitanga with people. How are we going to... Um, help the people yeah um how are we gonna empowering them to to go through what they're going through so um the values what we trained for and the um the work we have been doing had um helped us a lot during this time It's the only difference it was very close to home yeah um because we discover we knew people there. We know the people, so um, it's a small community. and um, But we keep ourselves safe um, by following actually our values. Um, not as being a Muslim team, and or mental health team, or well-being team. It was about us being professional because we believed that's what the people needed at the time yeah they didn't need us to cry with them they didn't need us to um they need somebody to understand what they're going through and it was very easy for us as cultures and as language because when you um when you're in trauma and you're in a shock and you have 34 widows and you have Lots of youth, and you have a video has been displaying to all these people and the amount of trauma they experienced in the first week and to get even their loved one to get buried. Um, it took a huge effort between us and uh, talking with other agencies to explain to them what this means to people, what it means this, um, why widows can't leave home why widows has to be three months, uh, ten days um, at home, and they need to be looked after while they are at home. So the lack of uh, culture awareness and the lack of knowledge around the culture um, and the diversity and understanding that this community has been isolated for years and years, and they don't understand the system. They don't understand when the police saying. Ah, we have coroner and they have to do this. You don't know who the hell coroner is. You know, because yeah. um, they have been isolated. The, since 9-11, you know, this community, this was attack on them. It was attack on, specifically on the Muslim. Yes. And um, the media has been targeted, the Muslim. And which changes the behavior of our people. I could see the change of the people I loved when I came here. Um, how the media has controlled um, the people's brain and the way of thinking about Muslim, and Muslim become terrorist, and this has isolated and traumatized um, people. So we have um, the men refuse the woman to go out because it was a discrimination because the women they are the ones they appear Muslim very well. The men can hide. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman because she wearing hijab so she became a target so she became a target for any discrimination in the um, at work in uh, university in uh, school um, the hijab was targeted because that's um, so that's where is the mental health came from yeah so the when we isolate people when we have uh, this lack of understanding of um um, the real trauma was these people suffering for years, and then we we come to uh, 15th of March, and I might mention it today in the one of the story um, when Nawedu she said to me um, on the morning of 15th of March in Hagley Bark, and you know I was spit at by somebody and they pulled my hijab. This wasn't the first time. And in the same day, at 5 o'clock, people hugging me and they said, they are us. I don't know what this means. So you can see the trauma on the people. Um, It wasn't about just 15th of March. It was about a long-term historic mental health has been caused by discrimination and racism, not just against the... Um, ethnicity, it was about religion, and that's the difference between um, racism and you call people with race and discriminate against their religion um, and their belief. You know, he, he, uh, either of them is not allowed, and we never talked about it in New Zealand. That's the first time since 15th of March people started to talk about discrimination and racism. Yeah. So um, yeah it was for us we hold all this working with people around the not fifteenth of March, not about the loss. It's about the big issues what they had this um a wife now has become a widow, and um they they can't function as a normal uh, widow in any other other culture because they are she's by herself. Doesn't have a family member here. Um, the only one, the role of the men in Islam is is a, they are protector. So uh, this is the role of the Muslim, not the role of what the media said. The reality is uh, to protect our women, we had to keep them safe. And then when the disaster happened and the husband taking away. Um, women didn't know what they have to do because they never had a bank account or driver license, they never went out because they used to stay they have been here 20 years they never went out except with their husband, they never communicate with any of the kids, they never been part the close community they decided to be very very close community to, to be together because they don't belong in New Zealand so this is the real trauma when we arrived this how are you gonna, how are you gonna build the trust and understand um, this big trauma? And this is the what happened in fifteenth of March. The impact of it about the safety of the people. This the target was also the religion. Yeah. So this is why it's triggered all what happened for years because he came, he targeted people in their, um, in the mosque. Yeah. And the mosque is the safest place people they run to when it is a war or anything. So this is the safe place. And it's not just this. He, he knew exactly um, what he wanted to do. He, he done it on Friday, which is the most blessing day for Muslims. The guys gather there, they dress nicely, everybody goes. The kids, they leave school and they go because that's, that's like a feast for the Muslim every Friday. So it's the best day uh, we consider uh, in the Sharia. Uh, Friday is one of the most beautiful days. Mm-hmm. So uh, you in the safest place, in the most beautiful day, and do you know that um, you never been harmed? And you will never be harmed. Um, and that's why it's happened. It's heaven because they are Muslim. He didn't go to a church. No. He he went to cause harm again to the Muslim. And it could happen to anyone. I'm not saying the target this time was the Muslim, but it could happen to anyone. It could happen to Christian, it could happen yeah. to Jew. Um His ideology is started with the Muslim, but um where we where we go from here, we felt this we have responsibility, we have to do it on the time and we done it professionally. We built the gap between the agencies and the um it took time about two months from the agencies to get themselves the right place to start to understand what's happening. So that's when we um work. So our work wasn't um 9 to 5. We worked 12 midnight when we worked on the Bible time because we had the values of we're going to do whatever it takes to support our people. Yeah. So all the services was working until 5 o'clock. Our success was there because we worked all day all night and um because of the people because the value is the same value it's about the people it's not
0: about us do, do you feel that um being obviously muslim yourself that that gave that was helpful for you to be able to uh, build that relationship and the trust and, and speak the language tell me about the importance of that cultural the
1: the culture is definitely important. The language is important. I can put the language before the culture
0: okay
1: um cult- uh, the culture comes second It's okay. the language because when you have people with trauma, they can't speak even they know the English they can't actually speak when it comes to trauma um they just can't describe it the way they want to describe because the English language doesn't actually give the meaning of what they feel. And um, this was the struggles uh, with the psychologists and counseling at the time because um, they just, we were there with people because we have to translate, but didn't work because the people just didn't look at them and they started to talk to us. Um, so language is, is, is so important. Um, number two is the culture of um, of understanding this when, where and how we can approach people. So when you understand the culture and you from the same culture, it's very easy to engage with people. Um, so this comes second. The third thing is about the... Being professional, which is something um was concerned for the people of their privacy, because when you have a widow explaining to you about the details uh, about her husband, um, she doesn't want um, this information to go to the community. So we were from Auckland, so mm-hmm. we were not from the community. This helped us a lot. Yeah. So people believe that we are not from the community so we will not share this information and we told them that our our professional work does not allow us as professionals to disclose this information to anyone which is this something new in the community. Because in, the, in communities they know everything about each other. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to trauma and they start to actually tell facts about actually what was happening, because they were living a false life. Yeah. They were living this happily uh, uh, marriage, but in actual fact, it wasn't a happily marriage. They were talking about, um, you know, this the, the husband used to do this, and, and this was wrong, but they knew it's wrong, but they never talked about it, because it's accepted in the culture, but... All these issues has been um, issues they could not talk to any professional because for them um, it will end up that um, you know uh, kids might be removed from the home yeah. because they talked about the father was yelling and or something like this and they will not understand they will think the yelling is a family violence. Instead of understanding this is the way um um the, their culture is Yeah they yell when they speak they yeah. don't they don't actually um speak calmly they just uh, um this is the way how they present their view and um so certain things like this definitely help it a lot plus um the trust. The trust that you there for them, and they test you. It's similar to the Maori, similar to the people. Sometimes people watch your body language. So they watch you. you wanted to go? You wanted, you know, you had enough of listening. You. So it took a huge amount of time trying to build this relationship with people. So we can understand the depth of the trauma they have and then we started to to explain these things and make make training to the psychologist and the psychiatrist and the gb and the medical center here in Christchurch, because they really wanted to help the people their heart was in the right place and um, all what we said to them in the first two days we asked the gb because they asked us what can we do urgently make things better i said just call search for your in the medical center what you're working in who's the muslim people and call them and ask them how they are that's a big thing and they have done it they have done it on the night of the training most of the gb's actually called and the 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 outcome of it it was incredible it was incredible that the people, for the first time, they realized that somebody cared, and especially yeah. a professional. So, uh, yes.
0: It's powerful.
1: Yes, it's very powerful.
0: Yeah. So, so you were really, uh, you and the team were really important in the from the point of view of creating the link between obviously the relationship and the trust with the people in the community, the Muslim community that was, um, you know, the target of the attacks, but then also uh, linking it to the professionals to be able to uh, help them with the introduction to gain for them to gain the trust of the people yes, too. Yes, yes, it's it's so important.
1: Uh, our people is gonna take a long time from them, as I give you the example of the widow. Yeah, what she just said. It's gonna take a long time to build this trust. Yeah. To change the trauma, we need to action lots of things. We need to change lots of things. It's not about word. It's about not saying those beautiful words has been said, but what's our action? So we can, as human, we can forget. But what we're trying to spread the word now, please, not just the Muslim, don't call Muslim as Muslim. Call them New Zealand Muslim. Yeah. Give them the identity for the first time they belong, the Asian Muslim. You know, if you want, if you have to do it, call them the New Zealand Asian or the New Zealand Pacific. Because this is their identity. They are here. They live here. Their kids grow up here. Most of them, their kids born here. And um, that's their country not their country because of they wanted um they love new zealand people loved new zealand and people came here because it's a safe country and thus it was the head, uh, shake in the safety um i have one of um the people i'm not going to mention his name for privacy but i have an um year years old Uh, Man, he was a fighter, he was a warrior in his country. And um, all his issues wasn't about seeing. He he saw everything in the mosque, but he didn't die. He, He hasn't been shot, but he saw everything. He witnessed everything happened in the mosque. So he was living with two things. The guilt that he couldn't, he's a fighter and he's a warrior and he couldn't stop this man. One person uh, could not stop this man. And this guilt is not going to go anywhere, especially when you are a warrior. That's where his mental health was coming from. Yeah, Mental health issue, he's suffering until today. this he thinks that he's a coward. Yeah, Because he could not protect like what he usually did for years and years uh, in his own country. Um, so... He's not the only one. Lots of old people um, feeling the same way. Um, their mana has been taken away. Their um, dignity yeah. has been stolen because they could not defend themselves. They believe because they run away. That's not in our culture. we actually quite warriors. Yeah. The men in our um, countries, they grow up with war. They know how to defend themselves, but... Uh, It's sad. Uh, So it it looks like it has something to do with 15th of March, but it has something to do with the way it has been done. And I think it meant it to damage psychologically our people too for a long, long term. And we have men hasn't been to the mosque since the 15th of March for a year. They can't go back. We have men living... um, they can't face their wives because they couldn't protect other men. Uh, women who lost their husband, they thinking in the other men that they didn't protect them too. So it's, it's lots of yeah. things. It's not just about somebody died, and yeah. it's a very, very, very complex cases, and the guilt and the blame and the um the I. I wanted to say about the video too and the damage it has caused to our widows and our young people. Uh, most of the kids watched the video and downloaded and they saw how their uncle and their father passed away. Um, widows saw the video uh, a lot to see how their husband died. And did he defend her himself? This caused a huge psychological problem. Gonna go for years and years because this has changed the view of this man. She lived with him for thirty years. How he could not stand and do that. So uh,
0: it's lots of complication. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, how many months did your team come down to Christchurch Monday to Friday?
1: um eight and a half month right now i was the main one um and i had rostered two with me um two female and i was a male and um so they were rostered Uh, one comes a week and one comes other week so there is no role um you know because they have their husband and their families uh, their role auckland was so important to to be with their husband and uh, look after the kids for me my kids was old and um uh, i'm so grateful for my wife to allow me to um and that's why i always acknowledge here yeah. to allow me for eight and a half months to travel monday to friday
0: it's a big commitment yes uh, What w- what would you say was one or two or a couple of the biggest challenges that you faced coming down was it the vicarious trauma? Was it the complexity of it all? Was it? I mean, I know there was. Uh, I understand there was a few different levels to it, not to the depth mm. that you do. But um, tell us a little bit about the challenges that you sort of had to face.
1: Um, it's um the challenges. This the the biggest challenge was trying to keep yourself a professional because that's their your own people.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know some of them and you created this relationship. They allowed you in and they allowed you in very deep. You became very close to, um, to be really part of each family. Mm. And um, so the challenge was how we can keep ourselves in a professional way because it was easy to slip out and be, um, you know, being unprofessional. Uh, the boundaries, the, the Manaki um we have, it just, um, it was a big challenge, a big challenge, and um, so it took a huge energy from all of us to stay uh, professional, so, people understand that we are not a community um, people, we are professionals. That's it, took a huge. So, that's one of the big challenges uh, challenge. we face. The second challenge was the system. Um, the system built on, um, not for indigenous people, the system has been built just for uh, one size fits all. So um it was lots of struggle. Um to try to get people right and them understand this yes we know this the legislation saying this but that's not this can't apply to it. Like the widow, she has uh, um lost her husband, she doesn't have any family, she wanted her brother, she has to have a male here, he has to stay here, um because this is only one she has and she can't be left alone in Sharia and in Islam she can't be left alone. But the registration say now we just give them uh two months or three months and they have to, to go back. So it took some time and we so grateful for the government that they actually listen. And that's um I think New Zealand has changed too a lot. So that's one of the the second challenge we face is the system itself. It's the system has not been built to um, deal with indigenous people and different diversity. And um, it just, um, yeah, it was very, very hard. Yeah.
0: Flexibility. uh, Yeah. And obviously the flexibility that you and your team displayed as well by working through different hours just to be there. Is that one of the things that you think is really critical is because, I mean, you made the distinction at the start of our discussion but being there for them when they needed it, yes. not from what you wanted it to be yes. or the people wanted it. That's right.
1: Yeah, that's the difference between us and the counsellor or um, psychologist because you book for psychology for six sessions and, and you go to the office and... Uh, <laughs> You attend and you have to say and you listen to them and you just leave them out. And uh, so that's what they allowed. Um, We were there when they needed us. Yeah. And this was one of the critical um, uh, approach. Um, That's how we connected because we were there on the time when they needed us, not after. Yeah. And I always say it's like somebody really hungry. And um you don't provide him the food when he was hungry and you come ten days later on and you invite, say, uh, I have lots of food for you. Mm. He doesn't need it. He's already bastard. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> the same with the money. If you don't give the money for somebody when he need it and he got off the problem, then he doesn't need it anymore. So the system is not working this way. Hundred percent that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, S- seems
0: obvious when you put it like
1: that. Yes, and 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 the this is the this is the other challenge we face. This everybody went to the psychologist. Everybody has been diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah, you know this. It was like a stamp on all the people. This um, because they they faced or they witness what happened or they saw the videos and they become post-traumatic stress disorder. This. This has become the um, then you the, need you need to dis- describe medication for these people, but actually the real um, the real thing is this: you need to allow the time before we actually say that um, uh, in the book saying if you experience this trauma, it's a PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> so you need you need actually to to take the time to. Uh, to understand the culture of the people and what's actually what's actually PTSD and what's actually previous trauma and what's actually because most of them is refugee too, they came, they have their own bro- trauma too. When they came, they have been supported for two years. We always support the refugee for two years, and after this, we leave them alone. We think two years is just enough for them to to recover. After this, they have a beautiful life. After this, they don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's very interesting that, yeah. though, isn't it? Yes. We just assume that that's that's the period. Yeah, because we someone at some point said that was enough.
1: Yeah, that's that's what the system is. The system because of the budget. The system mm. because of the service. Uh, that's why I'm saying the service has not kept yeah. even for for the Maori people. Uh, that's what they have been struggling with yeah. because they um, they need be able to understand their culture. They, where they are coming from? Uh, um yeah, it's a struggle in general, and then you come to the Asian and you, then you come to pacifica you come to all this ethnicities of people how how we can have a system one size fit all doesn't doesn't work, and that's what they discover yeah
0: yeah T- tell me was was the was the community com- well, obviously? did you uh did you deal or did you have to assist with community trauma um so not just victims of of families uh, of victims but was there a lot around the community trauma as well that you're involved with
1: um well um it is it is sad to say but when when you lose the safety um you lose you lose your connection to um to other people too. You don't know who you trust anymore. Um, that's one of the challenges for the people themselves. They didn't know who who actually uh, were there for them and who actually decided not to have anything to do with them because they didn't understand this. Um, people went for months and months talking about the same thing, it's become like a recorder. So every time they sit together, they just repeating what happened in the mosque on this day. So for month and month, every time we involved with the community in any group, it was the same thing you hear them, because that's all what they were talking about. So they were re-traumatizing themselves by repeating what happened and talking about the stories of I saw um, uh, Abraham, I saw Muhammad, I saw this, I saw this. no, no, no. The other one say no, he wasn't doing this because in the time of the trauma you don't actually see things right. So yeah. they struggle to to understand what actually happened
0: at the time. Reality was distorted. Yeah.
1: So it is. Um, it's very complex, but working with. Um, community we knew this because we're not from here, and it's the day will come and we have to leave um We did not want to to live without um leaving people in place um to at least carry on the job and that's when we canterbury d h uh, b and uh, agreed to have a Muslim well-being team in Christchurch so um, we done it similar to Kahaya uh, to so it is under Bura um, Burafitu, Fito which is a Maori organization to a social service um, here in Christchurch and um, they created the team um, to transition from us to them because we didn't want to leave the people uh, we didn't want to be a service just yeah. come and go because that's what happened that's another trauma. The people came from overseas to help the first month and two months and they left. Yeah. So, um, and that's the problem with our system, with the services. The service always come and go. Consistency. Because, yeah, yeah. Because of the uh, budget or what they don't have. But we actually um, wanted to this service to be continued for the people and to be the same... Uh, from people with different language and different culture. And that's what was the success to creating a Muslim well-being team in Bura in Fito uh, in Christchurch to, so we can transition um, our work to them so they can carry on with the support of um, the community.
0: T- tell me about some of the lessons that you learned from that experience.
1: Um, personal lessons for myself first um, I connected more to my family yes um, I realized this um, I I might not see them again in some stage yeah. uh, we didn't know what um, will happen so this personal experience um for me, uh, also uh, listen, learn it um, out of this disaster. This um, this we still le- learning every day. Yeah, that's the biggest lesson I got out. This we can't say we learn it. We can say we still learning, but until now, what we learn it is one, two, three. So what we learn it is. Um, the cultural approach and the diversity is so important when you're dealing with trauma. Um, we realize this. If you don't have the values of the Manaki Tanga, the self-determination, the Rangatira Tanga, if you don't have these values yourself, you can't give it to people. You can't teach it because it's something the people will feel it. Yeah, They will feel you. And um so you have to have it. We have to believe in at first before we do this job. That's a lesson learned. Um we can't just go as professional because we are qualified the psychologist and we go and do the job or psychiatrist. Yes, the it's a time for dealing as a psychiatrist and it's a time to deal as a counselor and but it's a time for uh, people in the front line to um, has to be qualified mental health people uh, front line available always for all people, not just for Muslim for yeah. all people because that 's what they need in the time you can 't just involve a psychologist straight away or somebody goes and say after after a week or two or or a month ah, oh, you need psychologists you need the psychologist, but when you need the, when you're ready to go to psychologist, that's the time the psychologist needed. When they need the medication from psychiatrist, that's when. But we can't offer this medication the first month because people can't sleep.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. People can't sleep because of the trauma, and you don't believe in the medication. Uh, that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with people. Um, their value and belief coming from this it has been given to them by God, and they have to accept it. So we need to educate the people. We need when you need something, um, you need to take it. That's gonna take time. So we learned this: uh, the front line is so important with diversity, and um, and um, that's when we talked about the equity too. Equity is giving the people they are in need more than the other people. Not equity means that you give people all the same. Equity is if you have a child, and I put it this way today in the conference, I said if you have a, tr- a four children and one of them is disabled, the parents has to give the time for the child, he's a disabled. Mm. Because this is the equity. Yeah, this is the equity I give. What? Uh, not I have to give uh, because we can't. Yeah. We can't give the other because you're not in need of at the time. Yeah. So it's might gonna take from me two, three years. Um, um, I'm I'm not gonna. I need to spend six hours a day with my disabled ch- child, showering him, carrying him. The other one can. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it is about equity and also um, one of the biggest listen, that we need the the workforce in New Zealand has to change it has the diversity in it, more diversity in the workforce more people will be normal understanding um, the um, the picture we, we get us it that's what happened in in Kahoyu toha this we us together we don't feel different Maori understand us uh, baki understand us we all have one, the same value we all uh, have the same um, um, value and understanding we might don't have we might have different religion but don't look at the difference, look at what's common between you. What's common between you is the value. We all have the same value. We love helping people. We love giving to people. We love the making people have self de- determination so they can um, we teach them to fish, not to give them the fish. so uh, all these things is is so important all these values. Get us together. Yeah, And that's what happened when um, the victims in she started to invite people to their homes, the agencies, and feed them. And the agents, they said, oh, we can't eat. No, we're not allowed. This is a manakitanga. That's because you don't understand what this means. That's how they... They're not paying you back, but that's how their manakitanga, that's how they share... What they have with you so don't don't be offensive or you say this you know I shouldn't do this that's what we need to learn we need the the workforce to understand the, the culture and the difference and actually get together with our values mm-hmm. not forget about the difference between us because yeah. nobody asking you to be a Muslim nobody yeah. asking you to follow the religion we're asking you to see because we human beings. We care. So come together as a human being. That's one of the lessons learned. That's we have to understand the diversity. We have to have a force, a uh, uh, workforce ready for any disaster when it happened. We have to have uh, people with different language. We have to have um, a sense of belonging for ourselves as Kiwi. We feel we belong to here, but we didn't make other people feel that they belong here.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So the sense of belonging, because that's what identify us. That's what it makes the love and daruha to this country, because it's belong them. Yeah. Can you imagine them not feeling they don't belong? They will not contribute to anything. No. If, so we need. It's lots of lesson has came up and. Um, we just have one, one of the biggest lessons is we cannot stop here. Mm. We can't stop what we started. We have to continue doing what we said. We said they are us. We said we all one. They said um, prove it. Yeah. So you're not going to prove it in a year. No. You're not going to prove it in two years. And please don't apply just for Muslim. Okay. Obliged to all people can you imagine all people come together because when you have a disaster all people the first one you run and look after your neighbor straight away even you don't know him yeah that, that's what happens that's why we we have beautiful country because that's what we do
0: there's been some great examples of that yes of that um definitely post uh, March 15th last year uh, has, has that been something that's uh, Been part of the the blessing that's come out of this. You've seen the community, no matter the religion, no matter the background, the ethnicity, coming together and and just being together yeah. as one.
1: Yeah, yeah, they came and we don't want them to go away. No. What we're saying, um, don't make anyone because the hate will always be there. It'll always somebody hate somebody, but. We don't want to be part of this, yeah. we loving people, we caring people, and we wanted we wanted the unity what we talked about. We talked about unity as the um, how we can achieve unity during the time of the trauma. That's what unity is. Unity is being you. I care for you. I am here for you, and I meant it. I'm not here because that's my job. I'm here because I'm another human being, but I have been carrying a job. Give me the power to help you more. Yeah. So understanding this, that we're human first, before we be a support worker or before we be a psychologist or before we be a service manager, we're human first. And this human connection, that's what it, what it means to people when you have a trauma.
0: It's, it's been really interesting, uh, obviously, talking to you, Yasser. I guess another question I'd like to know or like to ask you is the vicarious trauma. So the trauma around the professionals coming here to help, was it something that was a challenge, uh, you know, being exposed, but, but being around those sorts of stories and being told all these things? Was it, was it tough as a professional and was there help, uh, An adequate uh, professional help for the, for the team as well when they needed it?
1: Um, we were pleased that we have been looked after by um, Biggest Health. They offered us the place um, to stay, as not as accommodation, the place to stay and work from, um, because we not from here when we came. So we needed a safe environment because we felt unsafe we didn't know what's going to happen next week yeah was uh, we were very vulnerable as professionals coming and uh, we't we didn't know if we're going to be a target or or not, or we didn't know if the uh, we are gonna be harmed or not so we wanted a safe place um and this was provided provided by biggest sales and canterbury d h b um and the Ministry of Health too um encouraged and supported us to carry on for eight and a half months. Um they have provided supervision and they have um we got the support from the psychologists in Bigasis. They always um their Manaki Tanga too, ask us in the morning how we feel. Do you need to talk about this? Because Bigas is full of psychologists there and So they were like brothers and sisters, it wasn't really very much. We felt this in our family, in our family. We didn't feel this. We away from home, away from work. We have been treated very, very well. We have been looked after. And I always say, without this, Aruha came from people and supported us. We will never be able to support our own people. So the support was huge for us, and they were backing us for everything, giving us the resources we needed, everything we needed at the time. So the support was huge. Without them, we I don't think we would survive for a month.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it, would have, it would have definitely been a difficult situation you know, for you and your team, and we commend you, obviously, on the role that you played and the team played in coming down and the importance – of that connection um with the community that uh that unfortunately had to had to witness and go through such tragic events yeah
1: and they still have um long way to go with uh trial yeah. so there's another trauma will be coming um they still have the royal commission report when it's released about um, the actual things happened so still people have a long way to to recover because it's it hasn't ended here. Yeah. Um their belief this he shouldn't be here. Um, you know, because if he's in different country, you know, the Sharia has to apply, which is um i to eye basically this um uh, if you kill somebody you have to to be killed and and this something um in In the Sharia, um what says this? um if somebody killed somebody, this um has to be killed, so the people are struggling to to accept the system um saying um, um that he gonna be living in the rest of his life uh eating and and heavily in the prison um and using all this taxpayer money for the rest of his life." Mm. And so the outcome of it he will enjoy the rest of his life. Yes, we're taking his freedom away. Um but for them this um um it's not the right thing to do. But you know, like what you said, the good things that came up, it was this they forgive him. Yeah. this it was a message uh we never thought this gonna happen. Mm this actually the people start to forgive him. Um and well um it's a struggle yeah. to to reach this point in this short time. Um and that's why I expected this um things around the trial will be very challenging. This forgiveness. Yeah will be challenging. And uh will they really um forgive or they really um you don't want to be there yeah yeah so uh, it's a challenging time coming yeah
0: well yes yeah, so we obviously thank you for the work and i'm sure thank the people of christchurch the community not just the islamic community but everyone else yes. uh, i'm sure yeah. uh, appreciates appreciate the work you and your team did what uh, and continue to do as well in the community What what does the future hold for you Last question.
1: This um, We're doing the same work in, in Auckland now because we're back in Auckland and we found out that the trauma doesn't belong just to Christchurch church. They belong the families because some of the victims, they have family in Auckland. And the feeling of the Muslim to... Um, uh, around the safety in the mosques in Auckland and around the country too. So we work in Auckland with the community. We work the same thing with the agencies too. So we work with the agencies who work with Muslim people. So we go and do the training for culture awareness training for the agencies like Work and Den Cam, like they uh, miss the. MSD. Kanga uh, Ora, which is housing in New Zealand, we go and um train the staff about the culture and the um how they deal with the uh, Muslim clients they have so uh, and at the same time we're holding the same way because it's sixty percent of the muslim uh they live in Auckland yeah, so uh, that's a big scale of Muslim and um we actually um this our real work is um you know after fifteenth of March if ha- how we can build this bridge again between the community and educate the community about the New Zealand law about being understanding getting um uh, English language, getting the wives to go and have um driver license and bank accounts So this all the stuff we. All the downside was here. Yeah. we started to work in Auckland with the um the men and the women and the community and the youth um because, as I said too, in the conference today um I heard it from the youth. they said we have been the caregivers for our parents because they um the parents don't know English and they have been isolated for years too so the kids seven eight years old because they are the one in the school and they understand english they took this role to talk to um the when they connect the power the eight years old is the one he's ta- he's taking care of that when they go to work uh, and then come appointment or doctors the eight and nine years old is the one he's talking and he's taking this responsibility so the the teenagers, they became the caregiver for their parents and that's a load, a huge load on our youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus what they struggle with discrimination in the school mm-hmm. and um, and racism and bullying and all of these things. So as our youth is, has been damaged too. So uh, it's a big work needs to be done in Auckland and in other um, the rest of New Zealand around um, uh, reaching the gap, between the community by educating them about the system and building the trust in the system that the system will fit them and will work for them. And it's not one size fits all. And that's what we work with the agencies so they can understand when they deal um, um, with clients, what it looks like. Because like Housing New Zealand says, when we go and sign a lease, with a client and the wife always standing behind the man. Mm. Uh, we think that she's taking the power over here, you know? And um, they talk to each other with different language, so we don't understand what's happening. So we think that's a dom- it's a domestic there. So this judgment for the situation not understanding, you don't understand that she has to be behind him because he's a protector. Yeah. You know, they do not have this knowledge to um to actually understand uh, why when the man is not there, why the mother, even she knows some English, why she bring her kids to be there so they can hear. And they don't want the kids to hear what they're saying because it's an adult matter. But for the mother, this is her security because they are the ones they understand the English. And they are the ones who can explain things later on to here with different language, so there's another burden on on the kids, but they didn't understand that. so all these little things um we consider it little, but um you know understanding why people coming with qualification like doctors and the in the up this uh, drive uh, with uh, driver uh, taxi drivers. You know wh- why you didn't give them the opportunity? Um, we have surgeons for two twenty years. They have been working as surgeon in their own country, but they end up as taxi driver. What a loss of um, of opportunity! S- yeah, skill work. Just just to bring them, give them some um, training, put them for a year or something to train. They have twenty years experience as surgeon, dentist. All these people coming engineers coming they have been 30 years engineer but they come here and they end up just sitting at home or work and come or they end up so uh, um you know they become burden on the country. their mental health after they have been studying in their own country and being uh, respected they come here they have to put their hand out to work and then come to ask for money for their family because He's the father, that's his responsibility, that's his role in Islam, that he's taking care of his family, but he can't actually take care of his family because the country doesn't want to employ him because of his name. Because I had this when I came. The first year I came, um, I applied for a job, and the agent who I was working with, he said to me, I'll give you just advice. You have to call yourself John, or uh, something, but more the C.S. in the CV, you will never be employed. You will never be employed. So you have to change. That's why the Chinese always have different names. Okay? You look at the Chinese, this, they made it easy for them. But we have identity. We can't. This is the name that has been gifted to me by my parents. Yeah. And I'm so proud. I will not change even for... for Even you're going to give me a million dollars I will not change because that's my identity. That's the gift I have been gifted. So all these issues, um, yeah, is what we're working on at the moment in Auckland is um trying to reduce this anxiety and the the, the misunderstanding and the the uncomfortable and the mental health what our people has been going for years about and working with the youth working with agencies because we have to work together. We have to work in collaboration. We have to have all the agencies working together. Um, I think 15th of March has changed the map for New Zealand and this made it better. And I think if we just continue what we're doing, not to stop here, because if we stop here, uh, we're gonna lose um, lots of opportunities we have to bring people together and not just the Muslim, for all ethnicity and all diversity in this country. We have wonderful people with different skills, and uh, if we use them, this country will be one of the top countries in the world. Canada does this, Canada recognizes the immigrant, yeah. and they're giving them a chance to thrive. So you use the skills what these people have, and you'll end up with a huge force
0: mm-hmm. um, for success. Well, I mean, very, very well put, and I appreciate that, yeah, sir. And are there any final thoughts you want to share before we sign off?
1: I want to just thank you very much, Sam, for giving me this opportunity and um, being there today in the conference, um, talking to people again. This is the opportunity you would love to have so other people can learn and. um It's actually, we know it, but we never practice it. And what I'm saying to the people, if you actually look at what I'm saying, you will find a common sense. But the media has changed lots of things in our common sense. And then you will find it in your heart. Actually, when you listen to it, you say, ah, that's actually right. That's actually correct. So I'm thanking you for giving me the opportunity. And giving um, us as as a human being opportunity to um, to practice our human being with each other and with other people. We well, are so grateful for it and we are blessed to have you mm-hmm. and blessed to have the um, Australian and New Zealand Mental Health um, Association to to bring us together for this conference. We're so grateful for
0: it. Well, so thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for those kind words, yes, sir. And We're definitely doing our best. It's getting harder with the way things are yes. going with COVID-19, obviously, but yes. um, that people connection is something that uh, you just you just can't beat, can you? I mean, the importance yes. of that connection. So yes. uh, we'll keep doing it while we can. Um, yes, thank you. That's all what we're asking you <laughs> <here> to do. <laughs> but thank you and thanks yeah. for your time, Yasser, yes, thank you. and, um, and thanks for coming along to the conference and having a chat with me. Thank you,
1: Sam, very much. Much appreciated. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. upon you.
0: Is there someone working in mental health who you'd like to be featured on the podcast? Are there more questions you want the answers to? Let us know what you want to hear. Get in touch with us by emailing any podcast suggestions to membership at anzmh.asn.au. And be sure to stay up to date on our socials at ANZMHA on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to sharing our next conversation.